Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 976. It's time for the corkboard, yeah. 90s voice corkboard, yeah. Here it comes, events at ID10T.com. Um, this is from Kristen H., who writes, I'm promoting my brother's thing that he made, and it's adventurous. It's an adventure story that pretty much makes fun of all adventure stories. It's called Course Limely. He's been working on the story for years and finally shared it with Amazon, starting on Kindle for free. Get it now! Thanks, Kristen H., and uh, well done on uh, your brother. Wait, did we get your brother's name? I don't think we got his name. Good for you! Wouldn't it be great if his name was Kristen's brother? H, because that's her last initial. So I would imagine they have the same... I'm just guessing they have the same last name. I don't know. You know, maybe they do, do, do have the same last name or don't. Either way is fine. I'm just... I'm just filling in gaps here. Because, uh... Maybe if I, if I stall enough, uh, the universe will jam her brother's name into my mind. And that's not happening! Of course, I could... You know what? La, da, da, da. I'm going to use the power of the internet. Here I go. Google.com. Often overlooked by people. Isn't it funny that people should just never have questions about anything ever again because there's Google? Course. Yeah, I'm leaving this all in. Sorry. Sorry about it, as my friend April Richardson um, says sometimes. Okay. Paul Hanschel. I'm pretty sure I said that right. And I'm guessing the H in uh, Kristen's name is Hanschel. Und Gretel. Come on. You've totally heard that before. Remember what I said last episode about people's names? If you think of a joke, they've already heard it a million times. In any case, I hope a lot of people get that book for free. I'm so sorry. I've... (laughs) It was important to waste all this time to get Paul's name. He spent a lot of time writing, and he deserves to have his name spoken aloud. Unless he's a demon, and his name must never be spoken aloud. Yeah, it's right before the holidays. I'm feeling a little punchy. Um, <laughs> this is what sober people do for fun. They talk a lot. <laughs> waste time. All right, let's move on to Matthew, who writes, My name is Matthew Demeester and co-host, along with my brother R.D., uh, we have a YouTube show called The Weekly Bros. I moved from Detroit to New Orleans over a year ago, created the show in an effort to keep in contact with my brother, hence the name of the show, and to sharpen my skills as a video editor. What a cool idea to use the show to sharpen your editing skills. Very clever. Learning two skills at once. Each week we talk about movies, TV shows, pop culture, whatever comes into mind. Recently we've discussed such movies as Aliens, The Shining, and our most recent show talks about the new Disney streaming service. We hope that the ID10T audience would give us a try and hope they enjoyed as much as we enjoyed doing it. You can find the show on our YouTube channel called Miscellaneous Debris. Great name. Uh, which we named for my, my favorite Primus record. That explains why it's a great name. Uh, so there you go. Events at ID10T.com if you want to hear your thing or just me ramble on and search for whatever your name is. Uh, all right. This episode is Jonathan and Drew Scott, the Property Brothers, who um, are dear, dear, dear friends of mine. I legitimately love them like family. We've spent a lot of New Year's together. I just love these guys. and uh, But it's real hard to pin them down. Their schedules are crazy. And there's two of them. There's two of them. So um, uh, pinning down two of the busiest person in the world is really, really challenging. But I was able to 
uh, trapped them. I trapped them. Um, I, uh, I basically, uh, I, I set down uh, crumbs of drywall and uh, into my, um, where my recorder was. And you're going to immediately find out that none of this is true because I actually went to them. We shot a thing for Giving Tuesday for Habitat for Humanity uh, several weeks back. And I was like, can I just podcast you in between people that you are shooting these segments with? And they said, sure. So they came in to a trailer, like literally jumped out of a car, jumped into a trailer. We immediately started recording. Jonathan actually had to go fly out. So he's in uh, 30 minutes of the podcast. Then he takes off. And then Drew and I uh, picked up the conversation uh, a little bit later on that night. And then uh, Drew and Linda and I had dinner. And she's also red. So, um, you know... Whatever these guys are doing on the 100,000 shows or things they take part in, support them. I love HGTV. I love the Property Brothers. I love buying and selling. I love Brother versus Brother. I love everything they do. Uh, and they're just good, positive, solid dudes. So here is the ID10T podcast number 976 uh, with the Property Brothers. Initiating ID10T protocol. Recording this in a trailer, we're doing a we were doing a shoot for Giving Tuesday, and just people always say like Chris Hardwick, you're so busy, you're so busy. But just getting a sample of what your life is like, and obviously having known you for many years, I know. But seeing it in action, where you're like, okay, we're recording this for charity, we're gonna do this podcast, we're gonna hop in, we can record another thing along the way. Uh, we started demo in the Brady Bunch house yesterday. It's yeah. In, like, our so schedule. you got the Brady Bunch house. So well, HETB bought the Brady Bunch house, and we were doing a full gut. People don't realize the inside of the Brady Bunch house was a studio. So you, when you saw the front facade, they never filmed at that house. And the house, the front facade is a, a split level home, so it looks like a it looks like a single story home, but, but it's a split not. level. On the inside, though, uh, of the set, it was a two story home with that you know iconic staircase. So we are actually transforming the real house, which looks nothing like the stage house, into. What you would expect to see inside it. So, and, did and you find true. like Alice's skeleton in the wall? And as uh, a matter of fact, just her victim or tiger. <laughs> yeah. People don't. She really, wasn't going yeah. to Sam the butcher. She was murdering people and Son bringing of, human meat. Who knew? Actually, we have uh, uh, six of the cast. All the kids um, are there with us too from from the Brady Bunch. So it's really cool to hear their stories of how they grew up. That, do you realize it was 1969 to 74? That many years ago is when the show went off air in 1974, and this is the second time. Second time in 47 years that this whole cast has got together. Really? Yeah. And they're all involved. They actually were jumping right in with us and sledgehammering and, you know, doing everything with us. They were keen. They're so great. All of them are so friendly and, and fun, too. I have a... Because that, for the longest time, that cast was probably the 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 frequency of the same questions that that cast must get yeah. over and over and over oh, yeah. and over because I I guess maybe like 20 years ago I did an episode of Mad TV and Barry Williams was on who played Greg yeah. Brady yeah. and at that time he said uh, we were talking about something and I was sort of complaining about like oh people always ask me this question or this question or this question and he uh, rattled off probably like 10 
very robotic style, like, uh, the the dog ran away. No, we never hooked up. This ha-. And, and he just answered yeah. the same ten questions. Johnny Bravo was it. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that, you, that, okay. I, I don't understand it. Before people even walk up to him, he already knows it's one of those ten questions, or all ten of them, that they're going to ask. It's the same thing when people watch Property Brothers and they come up to us. There are certain things people say all the time. Yeah, uh, like, why the fuck would someone take a bathroom? I, I saw an episode of your show that made me so mad where there was a someone... And and they made you do it, and you were like, I don't know if you should do this, but it was a split level. It was a two story house, and they decided they wanted more living room space, so they took the bathroom out of the main floor. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, this is removing value, but it doesn't matter. If people want to go to the bathroom; they can yeah. go upstairs. Like, no, you don't want to take yeah. a bathroom out of the it, main floor of your house. It's no. amazing that you know we've been doing real estate for over 20 years, yet somebody who has never done a renovation. Strangely, has more knowledge than we do. There, we had one family, and at the end of the day, it's their money. But I'm trying to help them not waste their money. But we had this family, and they wanted to remove the bathtub, so there were no bathtubs in the home now, just showers. They had a baby that was less than a year old. I'm like, but you, you're. You're going to want to have a tub for your baby. No, they can shower. That's what they said. They're going to teach her to shower. I'm like, can you picture a one-year-old? We're just going to set them on the floor of the shower and just hose them down like a tiny elephant. It's all right. You know, they do that at spas in Rome. So, you know, why not? (laughs) Concrete slab, spray it down. Yeah, Hungary. I mean, your audience is pretty rabid. Like, I was just... uh, I just watched the Adam Sandler stand-up special, and he references you in the special. And uh, everyone... It's HGTV is this this anomaly in 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 a, in a landscape of where uh, cable channels are being <clears throat> basically cut down by the internet. Somehow yeah. HGTV is thriving, yeah. yeah, and you have a lot to do with that. What do you think it is about? I mean, I I, I watch all your shows. I watch HGTV. I I get it. It's 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 low stakes drama. It's like well, you know, there's going to be a little bit of drama, you know, like a, there's going to be a pipe behind a wall they didn't expect, but dun, at the end dun, of the day, dun, it's all going to be do? okay. That's not yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's one key thing. Exactly. Slow motion renovations and tight jeans <laughs> gets you every time. And a you're, tool belt. You're going to have to try this. It's not. See, that's not creating a spike in the ratings for this podcast because you can't see me, but I am slow motion renovating. Let me tell you, these jeans are hugging this Scott brother real nice. Over to the left, yeah. over here, very nice. Aside from that, the other thing that it also Everyone lives somewhere. Whether you own a house or you you rent, everyone wants their place to feel like a home that they love. They want it to feel like their dream home. So the fact that we're able to inspire people, um, give them ideas, we try to give them ideas for affordable uh, fixes they can do, affordable design. I mean, we are in over 160 countries. It doesn't matter where we are. I mean, I just got married in Italy um, six months ago. And in Italy, we have a, a ravenous audience. And we were actually, for the bachelor party, Jonathan and my older brother, JD, they took me to the small town of Lecce, it has some of the oldest churches in the area, so there were a bunch of school trips that were going there, school buses of kids coming to see these churches. Well, we were there, and all of a sudden, we just hear hundreds of kids starting to yell, Fratelli and That's Brothers in Business. That's our, in, in Spanish, in, uh, in, in Italian. Italian. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and then we literally had about 150 to 200 kids were, like, running after us through the streets of Italy. It was very uh, Ferris Bueller-esque. Yeah. So do they, dub, do they dub or they subtitle? They, they dub. dub. Yeah, and subtitle. And a lot, if you go on YouTube, there's actually a compilation someone did of us in Hungarian, Spanish. It's the same guy, like in Spanish, for example, way sexier. We sound yeah, way sexier. Yeah, hermano Yeah, but he does, he'll do both our voices in the same breath, even. So it's very yeah, one guy doing a little confusing. Voices. Yeah, yeah. Io metto il bagno And they also, they strangely do this sort of telemoto. And they'll come in close on our eyebrows. 
it? What is it? Y fraternidad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So brothers in business. Yes. In business Spanish yeah. is hermanos a la obra. Oh, my God. Yeah. We have the, there's a compilation on YouTube of a bunch of our different uh, cuts from different countries. It's the funniest thing. But, I, man, I sound sexy. <laughs> so it's just like other dudes. Yeah. yeah. With, well, it's us, but they dub our voice. Well, they dub your voice. Yeah. That's weird, though. They should just subtitle. They, they yeah. could. I think, I mean... I don't know why. You don't have to sound like how I think you're supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Why is my voice so high in, in France? Yeah. I was in hung- yeah. Hungary and uh, I was checking into my hotel. And this person's like, <gasps> and they, they were going off in Hungarian, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. They're like, I don't, I don't understand. I thought you spoke Hungarian. Like, <laughs> and it's it, like an old kung fu movie. Yeah, you can it's an see my lips doubt. are moving differently. You, they should give you like weird, like, hey, you're so not true. Like, they should yeah, give you like a, a really lines. weirdly oh high God, voice. Oh. Really weirdly high voice. Sometimes they do. I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do my own voice in a weirdly high voice. Do we get paid more? But you guys are so fascinating, and I think people who are ravenous fans of yours understand the the breadth of things that you have done in your life. Um, but we were talking before because I told you a story about how someone stole my fucking unicycle when I was in college. What an asshole! And they probably went on to be a great circus performer, and I was <laughs> too broke to buy another one, so no unicycle for me. Do you think it's that guy who plays uh, not the bag? Yeah, it's a bagpipe. There's a unicycle bagpiper. I saw a video on you. That's the guy. So who yeah, stole oh, your yeah. So he's like my Scottish neighbor. He grabbed the bagpipes, and then from me, he stole the unicycle. That's yeah, exactly. That's it. probably what it you is. You know, Jonathan actually, he was an illusionist. We, we were clowns as kids. We learned to juggle. We went to Parks and Rec to learn how to be clowns because. We turned seven, and my dad's like, "Happy birthday! Get a job." <laughs> uh, anyway, so we actually that explains a lot. Jonathan continued from uh, clowning to being a magician and an illusionist, and he actually had a uh, guy had stolen his, all of his illusions. So same thing. Jonathan had this big yeah. plan of a career for magic, and, and he had it wiped out. This sounds like a shtick, but it's not. I took him to court. And he disappeared. <laughs> I'm not joking. He the never great, showed up. What if that was the long game? That, that was yeah. the greatest yeah. illusion of all. Well, the, the long game was 13 years later. I guess his wife was leaving because he couldn't. She couldn't handle all the scams he was doing and everything. And oh, he, he, he had to settle fear. out of court. Oh, so, uh, see, you know, he should have shown up in court and said, "Your Honor, I want to say one thing in my defense." And then poof. Where's my smoke smoke. bomb? (laughs) And then the the jury's clapping. How do you convict a guy with a performance like that? You can't. It's so good. (laughs) So obviously you must be a Magic Castle guy. I remember the Magic Castle. Linda was there there yesterday, or two days ago. I gotta find out, because there are two separate memberships. You can can have a non-magician member and magician membership. I need to find out if I can join as a juggler. Uh, that's uh, well, not you, you know the You know the (laughs) whole... It's the magic of gravity. True. (laughs) But you know the whole underbelly drama between the, the three realms, right? No. You don't know? So that oh. the, there's there's this whole... People don't realize that there's this whole underbelly of entertainment and there are feuds, like century-long feuds between magicians, clowns, and jugglers. Yeah, those are the four quadrants of that feud. And it's bloody. It gets real bloody. The look on your face right now is amazing. Yeah. It is. Because imagine the mimes just give you the silent treatment. No one oh, likes that. Nice. No, no one likes that. No, no, anyway, yeah. it's. Uh, I, th- I don't know if juggling is considered magical enough. Well, unless, you know. Unless you make extra balls appear. <laughs> that could hey, be a different type of hey show. Hey, <laughs> hey, come on. The late show gets a little blue. <laughs> I love the I love the castle and if anyone is has the ability to go, they should oh it's such a piece of, of history in Los Angeles. It but is, but get, the funny thing is that I so Jonathan's the magician. I, I used to do magic a lot, but now my biggest illusion is having some. He always referred to like, sure, yeah, me going out to hang with my nerd friends. Yeah, but the funny thing with the magic castle is because to come you have to be invited yep. by by a member. You can't just show up. And so the funny thing to me is all in LA you have all these uh, people that are looking for ways to network actors young actresses wanting to network 
at the Magic Castle, it's all nerdy dudes like Jonathan and gorgeous women because these actresses all try to get there because they think it's a place to, to network. Yeah. And so the nerdy guy, the guys think it's the, the best thing ever. But uh, I do love it. I think it's amazing. And that's my whole nerdy side comes out because um, I've always been fascinated. Even though I know how a lot of the tricks are done, I can figure them out. Yeah. Still fascinating. Well, everyone always says, like, you have an identical twin. You must use your brother in the show. I'm like, the funny thing is, in all the years that I did magic, I only used Drew once for a funny promo thing that we were doing. Yeah. And that was it. So we didn't, uh, yeah, we, we, it, it feels like maybe I've missed out on an opportunity or something like that. To because, do the prestige? Yeah, I should have done the prestige. Mm. I didn't want to cut my finger off. New though. show. I want to do a touring show. You are the headline illusionist, but your opening act is this new unseen unicycle juggler. I will buy you a unicycle and you can do that. I do feel really bad. I, so. I stole your unicycle. God damn it! Yeah, that's you why know, it's too late in life for me to learn the unicycle because when I was in college, I could fall off it and be okay. But now that I'm in my 40s, I don't want to fall on the ground anymore. You, you don't yeah. bounce back as easy. I, no. I've discovered that even in construction, I used to when I was younger, oh, you know, a little scratch, Nick here. I don't heal that fast anymore. Is there, it's, it's old man Logan. It's just like yeah. the, 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 you the know, slow like heal the blade, after the blades. blades come out, but you got to shove them yeah. back in, and then yeah. it's like. Is yeah. there an age you hit when that happens? Because I turned forty, and I turned forty uh, in April, and now like I'm just literally walking and I fall. <laughs> like there's nothing there. There was nothing. Did you one of those life alert things? Yeah. The wor- okay. The, the the stage of old age that I'm not looking forward to, which I think happens in your late sixties or early seventies, <laughs> but I I I. Uh, Worked at a golf course when I was in college, and at a certain point in your life, um, uh, farts just escape your body. Oh, I'm there. And and so I would notice when I was caddying, I was caddying for old men. They would walk, and a fire would come out. But there's this unspoken rule that no one acknowledges it, <laughs> and you're just not supposed to say anything. And so that's what I'm not looking forward to. Is basically when. When everything in my body is jumping ship and trying yeah. to get out, and it's like this is a sinking ship, we need to get the fuck out of this place. I don't want that day to ever come. Uh, but I have told Linda, and she said that's mean. I'm like, it's not mean. It's real life. I said to her, there's a rule when you're walking upstairs. You need to give yourself clearance behind somebody who is 20 years older than you or more. <laughs> and it's my rule because where does your face line up? And so I'm I'm with you, and I don't I don't want to so become. Here's that. a weird thing. In reality, I don't have a flatulation problem that I'm aware of. <laughs> However, last night, that and I'm not making this up, of. that I'm aware of, <laughs> last night, all night, every dream I was having, I would accidentally fart in front of people. Oh all my night. God. The whole, I don't know why. To and clarify it, for anyone listening, this is Jonathan talking about <laughs> But it's like, because even in relationships that I've been in the past, this may be weird. I have never... <laughs> farted in front of someone who I am in a relationship with. Not that I think they would care if I did, but I'm I'm just I'm uh, here's not a question though. That. Poopity that brothers you're, that you're aware of poopity oh, brothers. Poopity yeah. brothers. I have no problem pooping in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> Do you ever have you ever fallen asleep next to, you know, a girlfriend in the past and then you wake up and they're not there? Because you're not aware, but who knows what happened while you were sleeping. I've never dutch up into anybody, no. Not okay. not intentionally. No. Yeah. But yeah. you but you don't know. I don't <clears throat> I don't uh, let gas escape in front of my wife. I don't know why. I'm just. It's just not a thing that I'm comfortable with. I'm the same. But it has happened where I'm so. I can't believe I'm admitting this. I I did uh, a couple times. I have like an like a dog farted in my sleep and it's woken me up. Oh yeah. And then there's that moment where she wakes up and we look at each other and it's like, is she going to acknowledge it? And of course she acknowledges it. Yeah. And she thinks it's hilarious. And I you uh, see. You cannot be held responsible for what happens when you are sleeping. It's just it's an unwritten rule. Um, whatever it's going to be. But the weird thing shit is... Shit the bed, 
Hey, I was you, sleeping. You, I can't. You cry and masturbate while you sleep, so I, I don't understand. <laughs> I, you can't, can't, I can't be held responsible for things. Oh, it's the same. Like I can't be held responsible for things I do with my left hand. You can't. That's not. No. That's the sinister hand. Yeah, exactly. it's historically the evil hand. Everybody knows that. Um, how do you how, how do you manage the schedule that you manage, and do you? You know, like I, I'm sort of coming to a point in my life where I'm trying to really get a better grasp on the work-life balance and sort of realizing, like, hey, maybe I'm not defined by my career in the like in the way that I feel like I have to work eight days a week. So, how are you managing and living your life and still and not going crazy with the we schedule? We surround ourselves with incredible people. We have a philosophy: we love to work with people we love to work with, and we keep those people. So, Jessica, for example, our scheduler. That is all she does day in and day out. She schedules Drew and myself. Uh, we have our own assistants as well. I'm going to show you our schedule too, just, just to make you cry a yeah. little. Yeah, and so most, <laughs> it's been 10 years, it's <laughs> been this busy. Yeah. Uh, most people what, don't what realize. I'm looking, you, you, by the way, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to see this because Drew is showing me your calendar. Mine looks very similar in the same type of color coding, yeah. but it does, it just looks like a taffy stand yeah. where there's just like red, yellow, blue, green, Well, it's red. like opening the classifieds of the newspaper. There's no gaps. No. It's nonstop. Yeah. So what were you saying well, about that? It's, so most people don't realize that, you know, we host uh, 44 renovation shows a year. We do 44 hours of programming for HGTV. So we essentially have a new episode of one of our shows almost every single week of the year. Uh, that's three times more than any other host. We love what we do. But in addition, we produce a lot of shows that we're not in. Uh, we have one of the largest production companies. in the, in the And we're not just home. Home, food, travel, social experiment. And on you name top it. of that, we have some specials that we do. And then we also have our Scott Living collections. We, have, we just launched Casaza.com, which is... Uh, an inspiration platform is curated designs by us and it's a shoppable experience for people who are trying to be inspired in the home space and then following our passions like working with Habitat or I just finished a documentary and the documentary I wrote um, you know we've submitted to Sundance so fingers crossed and things like this the only way we could pull all of that off is if we surround ourselves with people who we trust and you know and, and who frankly I think are better in their areas than we are there's no sense in us trying to think we're the kings of everything we can't do everything no you can't partnership and delegation is really great and, we're, and oh, yeah. being able to recognize like oh I don't know how to do most things and so working with people who do is you know they're specializing in their field and you're specializing in your field. Well, we see what you're like, too, with everyone that works in your realm. You do so many things uh, from whether it is you on tour with your comedy or whether it's uh, what you've done through digital, through TV, through everything. And I think the way you interact with the people around you really shows your character. That's what's important to us. We treat anyone, whether it's somebody who's a PA or whether it's an executive producer or a brand partner, we, all, we treat them all the same because they're people and they deserve to be treated well. I mean, Drew... Drew treats me like shit. Yeah, like yeah everybody yeah, yeah. else. But twins, he has to right? have a punching bag so that he can be nice to everyone and else. I'm willing to be that sack of <laughs> potatoes. That's why you cry in yeah. master. Yeah, exactly. I, wait, does that mean I force him to do Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, I mean, oh, man. that's wrong. And the show so was wrong. canceled. Wait, come back. No, please, come back. You know what I love? When I met you guys a handful of years ago, I, I think... The, the sort of the, the workaholic types recognize each other yeah. as sort of be, like we're all these kindred spirits of like oh you do a million things too how do you do it you know yeah. and uh, but the sad thing is we only ask each other that because we're trying to find efficiencies to do more to, yeah. exactly <laughs> it's like when when do you it, like what is enough like how do you because obviously as as creators you're inspired by the initial that sort of new relationship energy of a new project right and at what point do you go, yes, this would be amazing, but yeah. the cost, the emotional cost, the energy cost 
might be too great, and and the the, bro, the like everything else could suffer as a result. This is very yeah. it's very much a construction theory. You have to do the yeah. math behind oh, yeah. what what the foundation can support. Well, we and we look at our brand exposure all the time because you don't want to overexpose yourself, or your you know brand will peter out and it's gone. Um, it's you tough. know, I look in 2014, I had six days off all year. That was it. Uh, in 2015, I had 13 days off, and I was getting very sick. I was I had every old man problem you can imagine. I got shingles, I got mono, I got all these. It was really my, gout. Body, my body was shutting down because you cannot do that. Don't so just we, skim over that. I said you got gout, which is like an 18th century disease. No, <laughs> true. Bring, bringing it back. We, yeah. uh, so it's retro steampunk. Yeah, I'm yeah. bringing gout it back. Uh, so we we wanted to make sure you know that we're starting to take better control of our schedule. So now you know where it stands right now. We we film or we work about 10 to 10 and a half months of the year um, moving into 2019 we actually take over all production of all shows that we do because Property Brothers is still filmed by another company um, that we co-produce with um, we actually are more efficient we're taking everything over so we'll be filming all that in about seven to seven and a half months that frees up a good five months of the year that we can do whatever we want we'll probably fill it with other stuff yeah, we'll, we'll definitely fill it with oh, other we stuff because we love everything we do Jonathan wants to do some more with his magic he's done charitable events and he wants to do that I, I came from acting and directing scripted and so I really want to get back to that side so now I'm planning to direct my first feature film. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. So it's there, there are all these other things. We love experiencing life. We love, the like you said, the, the excitement of something new. I think the one important thing for me, though, is I'm married now. Uh, we're looking to have kids very soon. And, and Linda and I want to make sure that we are the parents that are very involved in our kids' lives. I don't want to be that absentee dad who's always away. Well, and one thing I discovered, too, is... It's one thing to have a block of time off. You know, last year I went to Africa for an entire month. I was off the grid, no cell service, no nothing. It was the most amazing thing of all time. But that's not as important as regularly having downtime. And so for me, Mm -hmm. an ideal thing will be to just work four days a week, you know, just work eight to ten hours a day, have evenings off, have weekends off, be able to talk with friends, go out with friends. At some point, I would love to be a dad. I think I'll be a great dad, but I am missing a key component to that. Um, yeah. And You have to replace that tissue box with... <laughs> no, just my Tinder profile. I have to get oh, you have to update your Tinder yeah. profile, yeah. So, can you imagine? I would, it would be the most worth... I, I couldn't do it. We Totally shifting gears here. Uh, we were filming on Property Brothers, and we we found out from one of our crew um, that popped up on their Tinder, she, she showed us Oh, our homeowner's brother that we were uh, we were helping uh, had a Tinder profile using Jonathan in my pictures. That's hilarious. Not, not even just that. Like one of our our crew was on on Tinder right now, and there's a dude we're filming in Calgary. There's a dude named Mike who's 48 who's using my picture. Just me. He's trying to think. And what's going to happen yeah, when exactly. someone shows up? Exactly. That, that's, I don't get it. Well, Disappointment. I'm hoping that somehow I can hack in and I'll be the one who shows up and this then all works <laughs> yeah. out well. But. Or what if it isn't disappointing? What if, they're, what, if, what if they're pleasantly surprised that it's not you because uh, they they hate how you are with homeowners? I do want to know if there was an increase in how much action he was getting. <laughs> Once you put my photo up, that's oh, you know that's a good risk-free yeah. way to find out how well you're doing is have someone be a be a proxy basically yeah, there and you just go. see, and then he could call you and go, yeah, it's not going well. well wait, yeah. what, what if Jonathan does do Tinder something and then someone shows up and they're like, oh, I really thought you were Drew. <laughs> well, it does. They, nothing feels better because I get a lot of Twitter proposals and some of them they'll be like. You know, hey, will you marry me? Or Drew, I don't care. I'll take either one. I'm desperate. <laughs> I'm right. like, oh, what, way to make a guy feel so special. So we're not people with yeah. our own individual yeah. personalities? Too late. What is, is there any good dirt, any behind-the-scenes dirt 
Like, what goes into making an episode? What is something that people don't really understand about Here, show? Here's... Okay, I'll tell you one thing that drives me out the wall. And it's not... It's the most shallow reason for me to get frustrated. But I hate it that every single homeowner, when we do a reveal, walks in and the first thing they say is, Is, is this even, even my house? house? Because then everybody thinks that we these are like actors that we and make. We don't people tell them to say that's naturally what every because single because they watch says. the show and they think that's what they're subconsciously. Supposed to say. I think they do or whatnot. So it's it's funny, but you know, we when you look behind the scenes, there's so much that people don't understand. You know, for the shows, I would love to showcase every single room and all. We don't have time. It's a one hour show, forty four minutes. We've got to make sure we fit everything in. So when we do like property brothers, property brothers, we're renovating three or four rooms within the house. Now, usually we do renovate the rest of the house inside out, and it's a separate timeline, separate budget. But, yeah, it's it's not like I'm going in and doing all of the work. I have this amazing team. I do 17 projects at a time. In a three-month period, we'll do 17 yeah. houses. How, like, how many days does it take? Because like, just at rest, like as someone who restores houses myself, it takes a fucking long time yeah. to renovate well, a house. Well, restoration takes more time than renovation, right. uh, which, which you know. And I, and I did a historic home in uh, Hancock Park just... At, over the last year and I, I know the, the, the timeline there too but the one thing is we are so good at what we do when we, when we structure our timeline with our budget and humble and very humble <laughs> yeah, super. No, well, I mean we've been doing it for over 20 years so that, that's the one thing being organized people who try and be their own general contractor and take on a, thing, uh, a project that they've never done before well you're not going to know when to bring in certain in, have inspections done you're not going to know when to have certain materials delivered it's going to delay you one trade falling behind will delay multiple so yeah. buying and selling takes me four weeks usually to pull off that renovation. Wow. Um, property builders is usually eight or nine weeks. Uh, but the times we say on the show are the real times of the renovation. Yeah. People think we make up that seven-week timeline. No, that's But real. none of the trades and none of the companies that provide materials can delay us. That's their one rule. If they're going to be a part of the show, I have seven full-time crews running, and they're all local trades, too. I have local contractors and, and local design leads that I work with because I want there to be a local warranty on all of the work. After sure. we leave town, if something happens, they got to be and covered. we have local real estate agents that work with me on that side of it because there's so many houses and so many clients to juggle. But we do so. come across some dumb shit. Like, when we do these... The only reason we have this show is because there's so many bad DIYers out there. Right. And one, for example, we went into this one house and, you know, the husband's like, yeah, one problem, at one point we had a, I won't tell you what state this was, you can guess, it'll be a fun little game. Uh, we had a raccoon that was living under the bathtub in the bathroom, living in the walls, but don't worry, I took care of it and he gives me this like over the top creepy wink that if I was at a bar <laughs> I probably would have called security what on is him. He, his wife explained what he had done. In the hallway, he basically went, it was, it was paneling, wood paneling on the wall he pulled the paneling open, stuck a handgun in the wall, and just let off a, a bunch of rounds in the wall. Christ. He Not got only, the raccoon. He got the raccoon. He didn't realize it started decomposing in there, and it reeked beyond belief. Reeked and so of death. Got out. But then, the reason when they called us in, he had shot through all the electrical and plumbing. Nothing worked in the bathroom anymore. <laughs> and it leaked. I'm like, that. So what? You can guess what state that probably was. Yes. Uh, it was. Uh, Everything's bigger in. That state, yeah, it was Texas. It was. It was. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I don't understand. Um, I'm not so, following the clues. It was, it, <laughs> was it Oklahoma? It wasn't Seattle. No. Oh. So actually, and funny thing is, homeowners, we have. Oh, I, I got so excited, I broke the place. So in uh, with our homeowners, they they'll come on the show, and sometimes they're nervous when they start, and uh, and we're going to be on camera. And we try to tell them, forget the cameras are here, just be yourself, and we'll walk into a room, and the, we'll say to the homeowners, like, you know, we're, like we're touring a house, and I say, so what do you think of this living room? And they're like robotic they're like well Drew and Jonathan I really and it's really weird and we're, we stop like, what are you doing like, I'm just trying to be like what you want us to be like on the show I'm like no just be yourself just be yourself and they're like well I just don't want to look like a jerk I'm like don't worry if you're a jerk you will look like a jerk 
That's my advice to them. So I'm like, just be yourself. We so if, I, I imagine there have been episodes in all that you've done that you just wanted to rage quit and be like, no, oh, yeah. we can't. When you see nope. the vein on Jonathan's forehead start to pop out, that's when you know he's getting frustrated. When we're doing full-on property builders, I have no life. That's all I'm doing. I have all those projects. I have to be between a bunch of them every day. Um, and there are so many people who are so deserving of, you know, because our team busts their butt and, and, and we pimp ourselves out to get as much free stuff for them as we can. And unfortunately, there are some people who are not thankful for that. And, and we've had some people who are like, you know what? If you don't give me more free stuff, I'm not going to smile on the reveal day. I'm like, you, you, you're joking, right? That's After so everything that every weird demand. Does, it's the strangest thing in the world. Now, fortunately, 99.9% of people, in fact, if you look, we've done 370 renovations for our shows over the years. That's how many homeowners we've worked with over Jeez. the years. And that's three I would say that it's like 365 amazing amazing yeah. people and we had we had one homeowner too it's kind of funny I'm buying and selling so we're fixing up her house to help them sell it for top dollars so their family can move into a house that was big enough for them and Jonathan and the whole construction team were in there working hard they're going gung-ho on the renovation and she wasn't joking she didn't have a comedic bone in her body she walks into the renovation site and she says to Jonathan and the crew everybody stop stop what you're doing if my cat walks into the construction zone, all of you stop and nobody touches a tool until my cat decides to leave on its own. Decides to leave yeah, on, on its, its own. own. Which can be any time. Oh, exactly. yeah. Could be five hours or two And so seconds. Jonathan and I are like, no problem. <laughs> and that was her leaving, not the cat. Uh, but anyway, it's something like that. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're, we're trying to help you and you're your own roadblock. Like you're you're right. creating the, the hiccups. Some, some people are just knocking. Well, us. that's why I think, like, when you. Like, it's, it's such an. Obviously, your show is very sunny and fun and upbeat, but there's a really there's an underbelly of your show that could be a completely separate show of the dark psychological because it because going through a renovation, seeing how people process information, how they solve problems, what they do with their home, yeah. is really like the, the like a, a psychological well, steeplechase. That's the, that's the Fox comedy that they announced that we're doing. That you know, we sold a, a show to Fox, a sitcom, right? Jesus Christ, that, yeah. you guys! No, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they just announced it about a week or two ago. But we're um, we our book, It Takes Two, is all about our life and all the weird, strange things that we've done, and we should be like ninety for all things we've done. And we ended up selling that to Fox, and so we're we're producing a sitcom and uh, I don't, it'll be interesting to see who they cast as us I don't know who, who it'll be I think it but, has uh, to be Brad Pitt it, it's and before Property Brothers and came. Brad Pitt and another Brad Pitt yeah yeah but there's a lot to make fun of in our space so much to make fun of our space so Jonathan's gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna pull the illusion I am I, I'm, I'm actually hopping on a flight I gotta fly out of town right now as soon as uh, he's out of here that's how awkward this conversation has been I have to fly out right now right now <laughs> like, I gotta go you, just, you actually booked a plane booked a flight with one hand yeah, Uber flight and uh, I'm out <laughs> oh, I don't want to get on that oh that's great I love it I love it we'll, we'll do this again ladies and gentlemen Jonathan Scott <laughs> That was also me here. farting in public. <laughs> yeah, so very You said you never do that. I, yeah, it was the excitement and anticipation. Thank you. Thank you. The Prestige. Now that the Jerk Brothers gone, <laughs> what do you really want to know? <laughs> the dirt on Jonathan Scott. He is a contractor, so there's a lot of dirt. Ha- so did you naturally gravitate toward... Well, I want to handle the real estate part, and he just likes to swing a hammer. Well, in reality, what a lot of people don't know is behind the scenes, you know, with, with our company in real life, I used to do a lot more of the hands-on. So I did all the construction as well. I could tile like a mofo, uh, siding, whatever it was. Jonathan also was licensed as a real estate agent, and he was the broker for our real estate company. So he, we've both done both roles. Okay. 
very young, I just realized I don't like the dirty work. Like I, nothing is more disgusting in life to me than asbestos or than uh, insulation. Right. I just can't stand. Jonathan will like roll around in it. I don't understand how he does that. It's just disgusting. And uh, you know, we'd be doing houses. It's some house that's a hundred years old. Nobody's been in the crawl space forever. And he'll just go in there and just like wriggle on in there like this with yeah. wearing a t-shirt or whatever he's wearing. I'm like, there could be rats, there could be snakes, there could be bugs, there could be black widow spiders, which we've come across, and he just wriggles on in. And that was he always that way. He's always been like that. Jonathan, as a little kid too, he likes he would like to just touch everything. He would actually go and like take my, my parents' like clocks or appliances apart and not always put them back together. So sure. it drove my parents insane. Me, I always liked everything clean, organized, and the way it should be. Yeah. And so even as a as an adult, I I don't like that dirty side. I like demolition. I mean, demolition is fun. I just don't like the dirty, grimy side of it. If right. you have, you know, insulation falling from the ceiling into your hair and skin, yeah. it grosses me out. And you can also tell too because your hair high and tight, and Jonathan. Like he'll slick it back. Yeah, it's longer. Kind of, it's like he and has. And he used to have that. Like we, we called him uh, Surfer John because he had like the blonde highlights and the longer hair. Magician hair. Yeah, magician hair. Fancy <laughs> pants hair. Fancy hair. Yeah. So <laughs> you can see it a little different. Like that's his his sort of that persona, sort of that like chill contractor, laid back kind of guy. And for me, I'm sort of that go getter. I love I love sports. I like anything that's high energy. Um, painful for Jonathan would be going to the gym or I'll do like a midnight volleyball for two hours like mm-hmm. a tournament after a day's Where work where do you play midnight volleyball? so many cities they have like indoor sand courts and you can go and do like midnight leagues or, or like tournaments so I'm the guy who's uh, barely 5'10 is not on the volleyball court you could be a great digger uh, like the guy that picks up the first hit, so you know that. that I thought be. you were gonna mean like the guy who evens out all the sand for all the players. You could also drink. be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the corresponding Quidditch a beater. What does that make me? I don't know. I don't know. Volleyball is. I always every time I played, uh, I always thought, oh, I can do this, and then the ball would catch the like the blade of my forearm. Yeah. And, and it was cry. excruciating. That's the one thing I never understood when people are taking some of the heavy hits. And I, I hit hard, so I, I was a middle, so a blocker, but I could hit like a tank and I had a big, a big vertical. So I, I have a bigger vertical. I used to have a bigger vertical than a lot of NBA basketball players, 43 inches. So I would go up and I'd hammer down hard. And then one day I came across a guy on the other side that could hit just as hard as me, and I went to dig it and it hit my forearm, and I literally wanted to cry. It was so painful. So I'm with you on that. Hey, you can let it out. It's okay. <laughs> We're my tissues. We're, we're, we're dudes here. We can we can let out our feelings about yeah. how much it hurts. We're hugging for the rest of this. <laughs> we're gonna hold each other for the rest. Hold of my this. hand. <laughs> uh. Your wife in the background won't mind. No, no, no. Linda, do you mind if uh, Drew and I just hold each other for the rest of the podcast? I love it. We got the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't say where. Wait a minute. Uh, is like you talked a little bit about the sort of keeping in check and not overworking and you know obviously you have good people in your immediate vicinity who keep you sane but but your workload is pretty frightening <laughs> even to me your workload is pretty frightening and some of the things that I was sort of getting out before Jonathan took off was you know like how do you know when to say no to something it, it, even if it's because the more you work the, and you get opportunities, you go, wow, I get these opportunities. I should do them because this mm-hmm. is what I set out to do. And I'm irresponsible to not take them. But it is irresponsible at a certain point to 
uh, take everything to take everything. Yeah, and honestly, that is probably my biggest challenge. Jonathan's biggest challenge. You know, Linda and I talk about this all the time. Um, we love an amazing opportunity that comes along, and we don't like to see something fall by the wayside. But I think it's it, like you said, it's priorities. It's knowing that to have a good work personal life balance is so important. I mean, you can't just work, 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 work all the time. If you spend no time with your your wife or your, your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever you're with, then you're never going to be fully satisfied. And that's something I learned more and more. And I'm married now too. And, and Linda and I are wanting to have kids soon. And I don't want to be a dad who's always working. I want to be a dad who's actually at home. And same for Linda. She's a workaholic uh, like I am. But I, I feel I find when you have a personality like we're very positive people. Everyone in our realm, Scott Brothers Global, Scott Brothers Entertainment, Scott Living, any of our companies, everybody has that same mentality where they're very positive people, hard workers, great energy. And I think that even if you say no to a few things, it's not going to cut off an opportunity. It'll just come back around when it's the right time. So that, no, that's no a, is a good point. word. No is a yeah. very powerful word. Yeah. No, no is you know you have to learn. It's good to take a step back and realize where you are at different points in your life and in your career because if you stay in the same mindset that you were in when you started, mm. you're always in survival. Like, oh, I got to take everything. I got to do everything and be everything to everyone. And at a certain point, you have to take be able to take a step back and go, oh, wait a minute. I'm not you know 22 anymore. I don't have to do that. Yeah, I need to. I need to make informed decisions based on wh- where I am and be yeah. a little more realistic. About and that's that. why we changed as well. We used to do more public appearances and whatnot, but in the end, you know, for us, it's you know, it's a great opportunity sometimes, and we do like to be face to face with fans. But we were doing so many of them that every day off that we had from filming, we were doing those. Or sometimes we would have to take days off of filming to do these, and it was more flying. And we already fly enough. I mean, we fly probably almost four hundred hours a year. Like it's crazy the, the amount of time we spend on a plane. So we really decided cut back on that. We don't do a lot of, you know, we get approached for endorsements and licensing deals nonstop. I'm sure. We turn down the majority of that. Um, one, because we want to make sure that the values of whatever brand or company that is asking us to come out align with ours. Yep. Um, and two, just because we want to enjoy more of our downtime. You're never going to operate at 100%, especially if you're go, 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 go nonstop and not getting some time to just take a deep breath and chill and smell the roses. How do you stay positive? Is it just an innate thing? Because I think positivity and the pursuit of happiness is, is you know, usually a choice and also uh, very energy consuming too because there are so many things that can, uh, you know, knock you down, not be great. So many, it can be so easy to, to look at the world negatively, especially in our kind of toxic culture. 100%. I mean, that's a big thing. Jonathan and I, years ago, I mean, this is before I even met Linda. Linda's the most positive person you'll ever meet. I mean, obviously, you know Linda. Um, and so she's been a huge influence for me. But before before that, Jonathan and I have always just been very positive. Our family, our older brother, JD, it's just the energy that we have has always been very positive. I My philosophy is if I'm not in a good mood, what right do I have to put that on somebody else? Right. So I always stay positive. It's not that I'm bottling things up, but I just I let things go. Jonathan and I with work, because we, you know, we spend so much time together. Most siblings would say they would, you know, they want to kill each other, drive each other nuts. But we have a no BS policy. If something bugs us, no bullshit. Just get it out, deal with it, talk about it, let's move on. And having that kind of philosophy with Jonathan as well as anybody else that works with us, that really, really helps because we always let any of that steam go and then we end up positive in the end. So there are everybody out there's so many people out there that are naysayers, so many people with negative energy. We cut all that out of our lives, even friends from back in high school. Sure. 
cut them all out and it's not that I'm trying to be mean. It's just, I don't need that energy in my life. We're too busy for that. And I, I do find too, that one thing that frustrates me is there are so many people, doesn't matter what you say, they want to try and get you down. If they see you happy, yeah. they're going to try and get you down. So I mean, we laugh on Twitter. I'll just post something saying such a beautiful sunny day and someone will come back and say, screw you. I hate the sun. <laughs> okay. You're never, you're never going to please that. I'm allergic person. to the sun, you piece of shit. Like, yeah. I didn't know that. I wasn't. I'm sorry, to... but you'll never please everybody. So as long as you know, we treat other people the way we want to be treated, we always stay positive. We always, John and I love to use humor just like you do. I love to use okay. humor to make people laugh and, and, and make other people enjoy their time with you. And I think spreading that kind of energy will always come back. Well, that's good because it, my dad always used to say, if you put a negative and a positive together, a, po- a negative always wins, which also mathematically is accurate. Yes. Um, and I mean, I, I do, I don't know if I 100% agree with it, but I do mostly agree with it that there is like whatever the lower floor is will drag everything above it down to that. And, yeah. and I think that happens subconsciously. And also, especially, you know, when you were saying with social media, it's also very consciously where it's like, and, and you do have to feel bad for people. I mean, I, I do feel bad for folks who their first response is to try to take people down because you know that they're not happy. And you yeah. know that, that something has happened in their lives or that something, you know, is out of their control. And I've been reading a lot of – it's something that I'm going to talk on the podcast a lot about and may have been talking about it by the time this goes up. But I've been really fascinated by Stoicism, which is essentially the idea that um, – uh, it's not, it's, it's, I think most people think of stoic as like, oh, you have no reaction to anything. Yeah. But stoicism really, the sort of the foundational element of it is that um, you can't control the world. You can't control the external world, but you can control how you respond to the world. And so you're mm-hmm. essentially the sort of the master of your own personal domain in that way. And, you know, what do you do when things happen and how do you yeah. respond to those? And those are the choices that you can make. That, that's what you can control, not... Whether or not you know someone gives you a shitty day. Yeah, I think, and that's, I mean, that's a great way of looking at it. I, I feel like you said, the outside world, you can't control that. Uh, it's not to say you can't affect that because what we do with a lot of the charitable work that we do and and, and different organizations we work with, I, I do feel strongly that a single voice can make a world of difference. Yes, at least in in one other person's uh, world or even uh, greater than that. However, overall, like what you're saying, you know, the world is doing what it's doing. And as long as I am giving the energy that I want to give, hopefully that will slowly start to rub off in my immediate circle and continue to grow. Um, I find too, you know, with people that I work with and, and how I've always tried to communicate, if I have a negative, so say, for example, somebody's not doing what they need to do. Uh, well, we, I need to give them that, uh, uh, not a criticism, more of a, a feedback yeah. um, because they need to be able to grow from that. Well, I always find that if you start something with a positive uh, where I can, I can compliment them on some of the things they're doing great, here's something we can work a little bit on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a positive and negative, but I think doing it in that way has always helped the relationships that I have, work relationships or personal relationships because then I'm not being a you know. Well, at least it shows that you're not just out to make someone feel bad. Yeah, exactly. We want to see that growth, so... But I mean, I'm with you. I, I just think overall, we're on this planet for such a short period. I want to enjoy so the time short. I'm here. Yeah. Why, why not just keep that positive energy? And if you can rub that off on a little bit of people, why not? Well, and your show in particular is, it's because of your attitude and because of the vibe of the show, it's always, it's, it's always sunny on HGTV. <laughs> and I really appreciate that because... If you're having down days or if you're having, you know, if, if someone feels shitty, they can turn on your, sh- they can turn on your show, turn on the network 
and just feel okay. It's like you're looking into a window where everything is okay. Yeah. And people are upbeat and they're handling, they're just rolling with punches and kind of dealing with it's things that come up. programming. I mean, people know. It's so necessary right now. Yes. I can't even tell you oh my gosh. how important I think that is right now because it's so easy to get sucked into the, the, the a negativity loop. And, you know, and then that becomes a confirmation bias. And then, and then from confirmation bias, which is where you're, you know, looking for things to confirm that, you know, in this case, negativity. But then I think it, it becomes like you're controlling the bias. So yeah. now I'm creating the negativity in order to sustain this, this worldview. And it's, uh, it's real bad. And so I think Sucking. it's important. I really I think your show is saving lives. Thank you. You heard it here. I'm going to take that quote and that's going to be on my next book. This, <laughs> the Scott brothers save lives, but honestly, I really do. And that's why I think you see such a wide berth of, cause I can't track who exactly your demographic is. It's everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, our primary demographic, it's women 25 to 54. Um, you know, when it comes to the home space, they're the buyers um, in the homestead. But our show has the largest, when we, there's some studies that were done um, with HGTV audiences and whatnot, and our shows have the highest male viewership. Also has the highest younger viewership, so you know, kids, teens, twenties, yeah, and it's pretty awesome. I mean, we just released our first kids book. This is the first one in a series that we're doing. Uh, first books, Builder Brothers, Big Plans, and the whole reason we did that book uh, is because we have such an, a huge kid audience, and it blows my mind. When I was four, five, six years old, I was playing in the mud, and that was about it. These kids are watching real estate and design shows and loving it. And so when we did the the book tour, we were doing readings to kids and they're all bringing plans that they with, you know, crayons and and uh, construction paper, they're drawing plans of their house and showing us how they want to transform it and I love it. I absolutely love it. So to see that we're not only affecting adults, people buying homes, it's also the children we're molding these minds of the future leaders. I love it. Well, and also it to give kids something in the real world that they can envision themselves doing with their hands and mm -hmm. altering. I mean, it's, I love, uh, renovation and I mean, particularly restoration. Yeah. And, uh, it, because when you work in a creative field, it can be very, there's, there is a lot of it. that's not tangible. I'm saying words into a microphone. That mm -hmm. is a thing, but it's not like, yeah, physical, something yeah. I can get, you know, get my hands on, but to be able to, I mean, to be in a house that you did, is essentially a museum piece or it's an art piece basically yeah. it's like this is this wasn't this way before i brought all these elements together and this was sort of the emotion that i was trying to create it's your blank canvas and you know jonathan and i for property brothers for our shows we've done i think 360 renovations yeah. over the years and uh and every time every time we're finished i still love it i'm i never get tired of seeing that blank canvas turned into something unique for our homeowners or unique for what buyers in that area are looking for or what you do i mean i've seen multiple homes that you've done and you you're, you're the character that you put in the time you put into researching the the right pieces whether it's a door whether it's a a custom vanity i just i love that kind of detail it's the same with the house that we did here in hancock park linda and i took the time to try and see what can we say what can we restore what can we create that is of that era did you both have the same taste yeah our tastes are very similar and i think i was telling you before i was a little nervous designing our home <laughs> together with linda because we'd never designed a home together before and she brought amazing ideas together because we wanted to keep the, the original charm. It's a historic home. So the outside facade at the front had to stay the same. We just kind of freshened it up, mm -hmm. did new landscaping that was of the era. 
And then inside, we wanted to make it modern functionality with still keeping a lot of that character. So we went for this old Hollywood glam, Art Deco kind of a feel. And everything Linda brought out, like everything that she wanted, her she pinned a bunch of, of boards that she loved. Uh, everything she brought was amazing. So it's nice to be able to walk through the house. And Linda and I literally know every single room is both of us. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, I was lucky that way too. We, Linda and I have the same taste. And she... She's amazing with wallpapers and fabrics, yeah. and like these great William Morris archival wallpapers and, and fabrics, and um, and all, all the exterior. A lot of the exterior wood in our house because we have a, we live in a Spanish house. She said, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the I'm gonna there's this one color of green that I love that's at Hearst Castle, and so she got the music the director there to give her the formula." For that specific color of green that's at one of the houses in the, in the Hearst, at Hearst Castle. That's amazing. And so that is now, like, that's now primarily, like, all the green um, woodwork on outside is, is that color. And, you know, anything with a story, I guess that's what it is, too. It's, it's like another, it's another way of storytelling yeah. rather than, you know, just the kind of functional, like, yeah, I can eat shit in here and that's all I need. Yeah. No, but who wouldn't want to have that? I mean, I know for me when I'm selling a house, if I can tell a story with a home... Um, and, you know, there are obviously things too, like upgraded efficiency and things that people want to look for in a home and, you know, durable floors if they have kids and dogs and stuff. That's all great. But if there are key character features throughout a home that can tell a story, something that people can relate to, I don't know who would love that. And what are there particular, are there good resources online for people, especially if they, you know, for people who don't have the ability to call Hearst Castle and say, can you give me these paint formulas? Is it, is it? You know, is it Pinterest or are there different sites that are good resources for people? I mean, if you look like you and me, I think our tastes go a little bit deeper on the restoration side. And I really love a lot of those traditional or historic pieces. Um, most people, if they're looking to renovate and on a budget, what we always do suggest is just go straight to Pinterest or go, go to HGTV or we have our, we just launched DrewandJonathan.com, which mm-hmm. is sort of our hub to show our stories and some of the, um, all the projects on our shows. We have resource guides so people can know if they see a piece on our show that they love this is where we got it yeah and then on another side of that is casaza.com that mm-hmm. i was telling you about yeah and that is 100 percent meant for all of our fans that have said can you come to our house and help us with our design we don't know where to start a lot of people are afraid to buy furniture and decor pieces online even building material online because they want to feel it first yeah but if people see something online that's curated by a designer they trust. So this is curated. Jonathan and I have curated looks on Casaza. We have 20 other designers and every week we're adding another one. Um, this is, that gives more uh, peace of mind to homeowners yeah. that they're willing, they know this is suggested by us. They see these beautifully curated looks. They can literally click that look and it'll show up at their house. Uh, or they can take certain pieces and a budget's a big thing. Most people, you know, they see things they love in a magazine but they can't afford it. So that's why on Casaza what we did too is there's a sliding scale. You'll see a look you love but you can slide that down from a $30,000 living room down to whatever your budget oh, may great. be. So it'll swap out pieces and oh, keep the look. That's, that's really great. And there are also good websites like um, build.com is, is pretty good for that. And Overstock is really good. Mm-hmm. Like Overstock isn't – I used to think it was like, oh, this is just like surplus stuff that falls off the truck. But they actually have really good, inexpensive – and I don't work for them. I don't, I'm just <laughs> saying it's just a resource that I use sometimes for like – for, you know, like cool lighting yeah. and fixtures. I mean, at the end of the day, all you want... I, I don't think anybody wants cookie cutter. The only time people go for cookie cutter is when they're just trying to get into home ownership or into a renovation builder basic. Or flip. Or they want or, to flip Or an easy quick flip. Exactly. Yeah. They just want to spend the minimum and go. Well, think about it, though. You can flip builder basic or you can put some character pieces into a home. That will get you more money. If you stage a home well and you have some features that are a little bit more than that basic... 
or maybe if your budget's tight, divvy it up. Do a, do a mild makeover on the whole place and then add a little bit more money with your stone countertops or a beautiful light fixture. I also think people forget, too, that you can... Because uh, what we did in, in, you know, in one of the places that we were restoring that I showed you is... Um, I didn't like the, the the cabinets were just like yeah, just kind of a cheap, shitty wood, wood grain. Yeah, and so we I picked a green out of the tile that was nearby and just painted the cabinets green, and it made me actually not hate the hardware that was on there. Yeah. It all kind of came together, but also you can go on Etsy or eBay and just find like really cool hardware. Yeah, and just swapping out drawer pulls. Will completely change yeah. a kitchen or a bathroom for you know like thirty bucks. Yeah, I mean that's exactly it. Hardware can get really expensive, but you can also find some great looks that are not that bad. And the fact that you only have so much hardware in a kitchen, right? You can spend a few extra dollars on it. But we've used like, like signature hardware, or like you said, even on eBay and Etsy, there are some really cool pieces. Even if you find something that is older that you like the look of, but it's a little run down, which you've done. The same way you can paint a wall, you can you can make over your your, your um, hardware. And so. there are endless endless videos on YouTube. Like if you need to know how to do yeah. anything, there are endless videos. On oh, YouTube. Yeah. I do find sometimes that Pinterest is a little like Pinterest is. You you really have to sift through it a lot yeah. to find like the best. But sometimes like, people forget that you can you can train the Instagram algorithm to start giving you, it's like, I, I mainly follow artists and, um, constr- and, uh, like, um, design. Yeah. So it's, if you, if you find a couple of home styles that you like, whether, you know, if you like modern, you're modern, if you like classic, now I get suggested all these really great, yeah. like classic, um, home restoration feeds and, uh, and it really, it, and it, th- that, and th- those are great because those are the best, because people on Instagram put the best yeah. examples of everything that they can come up with. Yeah. So that's a good resource, too, for doing no, ideas. I, I think, I mean, the main thing that homeowners, uh, people renovating, have a hard time with is they rush into something. All of a sudden, they think, we're going to renovate. And then they try and rush into it, and they're not organized. Educating yourself on different materials. Um, if it is a restoration or a historic property, understanding of that time, what mm-hmm. were some of the um, pieces and elements you would have had. Um Take, just take a little extra time to figure out. And also, if you wait last minute, you're going to overpay for things. So try to do a little bit of research. Look around. Look at some options. Look at um, eBay. See if you can find some pieces that will work. And one thing I was going to say, too, not that I'm like over trying to sell you on Casaza.com, but you have to check it out. Sell because, it. Yeah. The reason is we're try, we were trying to think everything to do with home. What are the frustrations that people have, especially if you're trying to shop, work out your own design? So one of uh, people's biggest issue um, for shopping for their home online is if you're looking, for example, on some sites you go to and you're looking for a couch, it'll pop up 10,000 couches. Mm-hmm. That's like the problem like you're saying on Pinterest. Sometimes you have to sift through all the stuff yeah. until you see them. Well, nobody can, can do that. I mean, the, the, that's too many decisions. Or if you see this one table that you really like, you go on some sites and that same table is listed three dozen times, mm-hmm. different price points and everything. So part of what we've created is, uh, a, a, the part of our software is to make sure that we're cutting through all that. It's all curated looks. So one, you're not going to get that many choices. You'll still have great ample choices, but it narrows down enough for you to look at. And then two, you'll never see the same skew more than once because we take it from all of the places that it might come from and we only show it to you once and it's simplifying the process when you're shopping online so you can think more about what you like and less about the overwhelming headaches of looking at 10,000 options. That's fantastic. And also, um, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's estatesales.com or estatesales.net, but one, 
will give you all the estate sales in your like via, via map oh, wow. uh, in your area. And the estate sales are is a go- is a great. Oh yeah, fantastic! I mean, it, it's almost addictive in the sense of you. You know what I would say with estate sales? The the reason I love it. If you think about it, garage sales back in the day, it used to be a great way to find amazing pieces and amazing collectibles or whatever you have. But nowadays, garage sales are a lot of like antique shops where <laughs> it's, it's so expensive. it's so commercial, super expensive, overpriced. Estate sales are one of the only places you can still go where this this will be all the items that somebody had in their home that have not been touched by. Um, the commercialized companies that are trying to get their hands on it. Yeah. Like, like literally, when I go to a garage sale, and I know that this person has a garage sale now every week, you can tell because they have just certain items that are right. hot, almost like touristy items for that area. That's why I love estate sales. Yeah, and there are some pieces here at this house where there was a, an old Spanish house in Beverly Hills that was unfortunately being demolished, probably to put up a fucking glass cube. But, um, uh, you know, it, it, especially if a house is going to be demolished... You can buy tile sets, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you can get someone there to go and kind of wrench them out. Cleanly lift them, yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we've got, like, lamp posts and all sorts of really, like, stained glass windows and stuff. Yeah, some of the pieces you have, the tile in that one powder room is phenomenal. Encaustic tile, yeah. yeah. That's where the, the, it's, um, the, the color is basically baked in. Through. It's not painted on top. Yeah. Encaustic, it's baked in the color. And so yeah. it, it's So just, even if it chips, you still have that color. Yeah, yeah. and it just, it, just, it just gives it a nicer quality yeah. than, you know. And there is nice hand-painted tile, but... Uh, it, it's Oh, yeah, it's true. But, I mean, it, just, it drives me nuts when you see such a beautiful home that you know is about to be torn down. And then I, when I walk through it and I see... Um, all the, the finishing materials, like amazing floors, thick wood casing and thick doors and some of the old light fixtures. And you know they're not taking it out. They're just going to toss it. Oh, it's such it a bummer. It hurts my heart. But now all these salvage places are wise to it because they, the markups on it are insane. Like yeah. It used to be a lot. Now it's just crazy. You go into a salvage place and you're like, $2,400 for a door. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, like they, but they're doing the work so yeah. they know that the, that the market will support it. But I think for people should also understand that if you're going to renovate a place... If you don't have to live in it while you're doing it, don't. Don't. Oh, my God. I, when we started, so we started back right out of high school, got our first place. And every house, every we started flipping. And it would take us maybe about six weeks to do. And it was a basic rental in the beginning. We'd do laminate floors, kitchen, bathroom, and just kind of fresh coat of paint, done. And uh, so six to eight weeks, renovate, sell, flip. We would make between 20 to 50 grand as we would keep going. The market was really hot at the time. I was in Calgary. We lived in each house, and I'm sure I, I took many years off my life with asbestos and everything sure. else that was in it, but it's not worth it, especially with a relationship or especially if you have kids. Stay somewhere else. You know, Take a, an early possession, but don't sell your don't, – don't, sorry, the place you're selling, if you're moving from one house to another, keep it an extra month or so. Take an early possession on the new place. Have all the work done before you need to move in. It will keep your relationship together. Yes, but also it just know that if you go into renovate a place – uh, and maybe most people listening know this, but it will always take longer and always take more. So, uh, so be so over, but like, yeah, over plan. You need a big contingency over, so. over plan because especially if you're in an older house, you don't know what's going to happen when you start opening walls and then you find out like, Oh shit. Now we got, Oh, this is all bad. News yeah. Everyone, anybody who thinks they watch HGTV and then they can do the rental wall on their own, be their own general contractor. Think again. You're, you, it doesn't take 45 minutes experts. to renovate a house. Yeah. How, do, how, how can people find a good contractor in their area? You know, I, I mean, on our Facebook um, pages as well, Jonathan and I have uh, tips and tricks. If you go into like the photo albums, you'll see there's some tips and tricks that we have. But 
It's um, and and same with DrewandJonathan.com. It's all tips and tricks and editorial on it. For contractors, you guys remember a contractor, a realtor, a designer, whoever it is, they work for you. A lot of people are afraid to ask hard questions. They're also afraid to talk about the money side of it, like how much is it going to cost for your services. You need to be comfortable talking about that, and just always remember they work for you. So ask about um, past projects that they've done. See pictures of past projects. Sometimes you, you need, they'll even take a uh, contractor will take you into a past project. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just repainting a room, obviously that's a bit intense. But if you have somebody who's doing a full gut job for you, um, see those projects. Um, talk to family and friends. Talk to Better Business Bureau. Look for recommendations, and then see what the work is. Not every contractor is right for every person. The one big thing that people don't realize is. Contractors are usually not designers. Jonathan's an anomaly. He's both. But um, usually for you, if you're looking for a certain aesthetic and and it's not just putting new floors in, the best thing is to find a designer first, and then the designer will have relationships with contractors. And make sure whatever you plan on getting, your quotes and everything, get it in writing and sign off on it in writing because a lot of people get screwed over because they don't get something in writing and then the contractor just keeps ballooning their price. And then, or just vanishes. And then, yeah, or exactly, they just vanish and then all of a sudden you spent all this money and it's not finished. And it's good to have an idea of like to plan out it's not a good idea to make it up as you go along. And we we do that a lot because we don't know, it's like once we kind of start doing something, we're like, okay, well now this room kind of this room wants to talk to this room in a different way. But I yeah. think, again, that's probably a little more restoration than well renovation. Kind of. And that's another good point there with that. Renovation is one thing. If you're restoring something historic or there's a certain look you're going for that is restoration, that will always cost more money and it will always take more time. If you have to deal with a historic commission in a city, it's always going to take longer. So keep that in mind. Some some cities and certain streets and whatnot and communities... They have um, certain restrictions for what you can do to the outside, even if it's not historic. Yeah, that's the way. When you buy a house, you can't just do whatever the fuck you want to no. it. You, you, you can do a lot of what the fuck you want to do to it, but in a lot of cases, things need to be permitted. I mean, you don't... I mean, Well, this is what I, I would say. I, I've done houses where we didn't have uh, permits in the past um, for, for certain work, and the thing is, people uh, who buy a house that had unpermitted work... If you're looking to sell your house, you legally have to disclose anything that you know is unpermitted. So yeah. it's not to say you can't sell your house because sometimes if you bought a house with unpermitted work and you go to sell, well, the, the city could come in and make you retro- retroactively fix all those problems um, if they come in and harass you about that unpermitted work. But you can disclose. As long as you disclose, then you're not liable for cert- – uh, If a good example is if I renovate a house and I did uh, illegal wiring in the basement because it's not permitted, I sell the house to you. And then you you knew that I did that work, but you then sell it again and didn't pass that on. Well, you could be liable because you knew and didn't pass on that that illegal work was done, and then the house burns down. I could also be liable twenty years later because I did this illegal work without permits. Um, so it makes it's it's a it's the chain of liability that I think is important to just always disclose anything you know of or fix the problem before you go to sell a house. Yeah, especially because I I'm. If you do on if you have like an, let's say you put in an unpermitted you add an unpermitted room when you go to sell the house you can't say oh this is a four bedroom yeah because it's not that last room is not permitted it's not so it's, it doesn't actually count toward the value of your house now someone might come in and go like oh, okay well we'll pay a little bit more but still when they come in when they do the appraisal they're going to say like well this isn't, this isn't permitted so we're not going to count it yeah and the thing is a lot of unpermitted spaces are done well they're done properly they're just not permitted spaces and the, the thing I think a lot of someone will do a home inspection when they come it's better to sort of 
understate and over deliver when people see a house. So if you did do this amazing job and it is a, a quality renovation job, you could even have had professionals do your wiring and plumbing, even though it's unpermitted. Um, and by the way, I'm not recommending that. We now we, we did that when we were younger. There were a couple of times that we had done stuff where we might have had some small permit we need. We didn't do it. Now we permit things. Like that's just what we do all the time. But anyway, if you have um, this project that you're working on, it didn't have some permanent work, don't oversell it on the listing. And you make this sound like it's the Taj Mahal, an amazing house. Then people come in and they see some crappy job that you did or <laughs> right, whatever right, else. Right. It's the same with, with realtors that use uh, photos, like wide lens photos for their, their houses. Yeah. And in the listing, you're like, oh my God, that master bedroom is huge. And you go in there and it's like a matchbox. So that's they're actually that. just using a picture of Jonathan as the house. Yeah, just exactly. like a Tinder profile. Like, exactly. Just yeah. like, that guy so much larger. <laughs> it's like a rearview mirror. It's larger or smaller in person. Wait, how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> the objects in the mirror are, clo- are closer than they appear. Yes. Uh, in Jonathan's case, objects in Tinder profile are larger than they actually appear. <laughs> and, may, and may not actually appear this it, way in yeah. person. I still so. don't understand that. They, person's gonna find out when they fucking show up. No, I don't. I don't get it. Why? Why people do weird things? But huh? I used a different guy's picture. That's good. Do I get charming points? All right, I'm gonna tell you something. I don't even know if I've ever told this story. Please. I did years ago. A friend of mine was on uh, Plenty of Fish. Okay. Like so, before Tinder and all that. This is when I was like early 20s. And he said, I don't want to go on this date on my own. I wanna. I wanna go with someone else. So you wanna like double date someone on on uh, in. Uh, Playing, playing fish. So I'm like, okay, so I created a profile and I met this person. And it was the same thing that she misled with the information in the photo. She made herself out to be really fun and, and she's really pretty in this photo and, and blah, 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 blah. And so then I, I, ch- I talked to her on the phone. So if any of you watching don't know that Plenty of Fish, it was basically just, you know, it's a simple profile. Then you get on the phone, you start talking. It, uh, and, and so I started talking to her and then we were planning to meet when I'm at this location, it's a restaurant and she starts describing, Oh, I'll be the person in the red shirt and whatever else with, uh, da, 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 da. and I'm like, well, I see your profile pictures. I, I'll, I'll just recognize you from your profile picture. And it was kind of an awkward pause for a second. Anyway, I met with her and I go in, I'm looking around, I don't see her anywhere. And sure enough, there she is at the bar and she's waving in her red shirt or whatever she said. And we had a conversation and her personality was nothing like what she said it was. Um, this fun, sporty, playful kind of person. She looked nothing like what she said her, her profile photo was. And it turned out she used a profile photo from 25 years ago. Oh. And by the way, I'm also just 22 or whatever it is. And so I think she was posted <laughs> saying that she was like 22. Yet she was, I think, 45 or whatever it was. Oh. And uh, anyway, and the personality was not the same. I'm like, what do you expect? I'm like, uh, to be honest... I'm uh, I'm just gonna go. So and then she thought it was very rude that I was like I'm gonna leave, and she's like, "How's you felt deceived?" So yeah, and I was like, "Well, it's not rude. You deceived me from the beginning." I'm like, "You use a profile." That's a bad foundation to start a relationship. Yeah. I was like, "That's just wrong." And she was mad. I still paid my my portion of the bill. How'd you guys meet? Uh, this person lied to me, yeah. and I just decided a lie is a great way to start a, no. a a situation. I still think meeting people through through mutual friends is the best way. It to, is the best. Yeah, yeah, and especially too if you just like to be out there and doing something that you love to do like with me I was always sporty and, and when I first met Linda we met at an event but we, we hit off talking about volleyball and things that we were into so I, yeah nothing like that kind of a a grounding foundation for meeting someone. So what are you, uh, just a couple of quick questions about the show just for people who are hardcore fans. Uh, any particular, how do you know when you've done a good show? Like how, when you do so many, how do you know like uh, this one 
Um, when you're jumping to you know 17 different builds, yeah, one time in a three month block. I mean, it can be busy. Like we could do it without our our team, but um, for us, the payoff is always when we reveal the space to somebody and how they react. We know it, we've really touched their soul. We know they've gotten their style or what they wanted to have in that house for their family. So if we see those tears of joy. And I mean, some people aren't the crying type, but still you can see that they're just blown away. They have a, a grin ear to ear and they can't stop smiling. That's when we know we've, we've done what we were is there, is there is there anyone where you're like, ah, we fucked that one up? No. So I've, I've never felt like I've, I've screwed it up. But what we have felt is we, we locked the homeowner. We, we kicked the homeowners out. They're not allowed to see it for the, the couple of weeks prior to the finished job. So sometimes the homeowners will be involved with part of the renovation or they might see certain pieces going in. But we, we don't let them back in the house before um, or once we start putting in all the cabinets and excuse me, when we stage because we want it to be completely a surprise. We always can tell when a homeowner has been sneaking into the house. And some homeowners think that they can sneak in and then they'll just fake it. They'll be like, I, I'm a good actor. I'll just act the surprise. You can always tell because they just don't have the heart in it. We had that with our homeowner three days ago. We did a reveal. And, you know, she's got a, a fun personality. She's great. But she walked in and she, her reaction was, wow, this is so amazing. Oh, my gosh. I really love this. It's awesome. It was just like deadpan. Right. I'm like. Were you? I, I said you, you peaked. I was like, "Did you look? Did you sneak in here?" Because our crew won't let them in, but then they'll sneak in with a key at night sure. or something. And she's like, "No, no!" And her husband's minor, and she's like, "Yeah, she, yeah, she did, yeah." <laughs> okay, so maybe these are secrets that you can't reveal, so it's okay if I if you can't reveal this. So when you stage. All that furniture goes back, right? That's not their furniture. You're staging for them. No, so th this is one of the biggest questions we get. We And Jonathan and I have nothing to hide. I mean, we, we literally are open about everything. Um, I know there have been some shows in the past that have done renovations and it looks amazing. And then it's like, beep, beep, back up the truck. Let's get it out. I'm like, that is so mean to people. Property Brothers, all the furniture and decor and everything is a part of the show. Brother versus yes. Brother, all the furniture and decor can be sold with the house. And, and anybody who's bought the house on Brother versus Brother, they've always taken the furniture. Good. Why wouldn't you take a fully designed space by a professional I designer? I don't know. Buying and selling, usually the furniture doesn't come with the house because just like when you go to sell your house, buying and selling is all about selling. So we get leased furniture to stage it nicely. And then once the house sells, that goes back. So the only reason that that doesn't go to people is because they're not keeping the house. I heard one dirty secret about another show. And if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to. But on House Hunters, do they... I heard a rumor. Maybe this is verifiable on the internet anyway. That the place that they end up with, they already own. Um, so I don't, I don't produce House Hunters and I don't know the show. I saw the same articles that came out. And, yeah. you know, I don't, we don't want to trick people. I don't think anybody wants to trick people. They're trying to paint this happy memory. So I actually don't know how they but, do the show. Because it would be impossible. To me, it seems like for every couple that comes on that show, that all of a sudden, like, one, two, three, okay, they got that place. They were like, it feels. Well, they shoot a lot of content. So, uh, House Hunters is not a, a hosted show. So House Hunters just showcases the, the people with the realtors and whatever it is. That is the only show that shoots more content than us because they have House Hunters, House, House Hunters International, International, House Hunter Renovation, whatever. Yeah. They have all these separate crews but no host. We are the only, we are the most episodes in a hosted show probably in all of freaking television. Um, but uh, for, A show needs a host, yeah, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think it makes a difference. You have someone to connect to and someone to help take the journey. It gives you the vibe of the show. But I do yeah. understand. I've watched a shit ton of House Hunters, so I get it. 
But I do kind of like, I like the guide. Yeah. I like you being the guide. I like you being this, this sort of the way in. Yeah, we can ask the questions that you want to ask, and we can kind of bring attention to things you want to be bringing attention. So I agree with you. I like that. A lot of people love house hunters. But, hey, I mean, if, if they have people who already own a house or whatever they do, I'm sure it happens. I mean, they probably would make up a story if it, if it didn't. But at the end of the day, what I say to people, though, too, is, do you enjoy the show? Has it inspired you? Has it given you ideas for something? Yes? Great. Well, then there's still something you can get out of it. I just don't like, like for us and all the shows that we do, I don't like faking things. I like to, I, we truly love helping these families. And then we air in over 160 countries. We absolutely love that no matter where we go in the world, whether we, we, when we were doing an Asian press tour for the show, when I got married in Italy earlier this year, no matter where we go, people run up to us in a different language and you can see the smile on their face. Property Brothers or Fratelli Nafari or Armando uh, Salobra, they'll come up and they, we know we've affected them in a positive way. Um, as we're sort of wrapping this out, what are you, separate from work, what are you joyful about? Like, what else keeps you positive in the world? I know you just got married, so that's obviously a big thing. Yeah, I mean, Linda is the biggest thing in my life that just brings so much joy. Like, we laugh every day, and and we love just experiencing things together. And we, you know, we, I took her on a random date uh, that was an American Ninja Warrior training facility, and Holy that was shit. that was our date. And a friend of mine, uh, Joe, is one of the um, top competitors. And so, yeah, he, he set this whole thing up with me to come out. So it's stuff like that. Like, I just love, I love doing something unique and fun and different. And that's how I unwind. John, John always makes fun of me. He likes to just go hang with friends and have a drink or something like that. And that's how he unwinds. I like to go do something intense to unwind. That's that, good. That's like an oxymoron. No, but it makes sense because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're being physical. You're dispersing your energy. You know, you're mm-hmm. connecting to something real. And time with world. family. I mean, that's the biggest thing for us. We see our, you know, our parents live in Canada. Um, you know, and, and I'm LA and Las Vegas and, and we're always on the road, but anytime I can get together with family, JD, Jonathan, Linda's family, um, more I can do that, the more it sort of, you know, it keeps me grounded and it just, it just gives me that sense of home. No matter where I am in the world, like I'm traveling all over every three months in a different city, but that will still make me feel like home. And then since Jonathan's not here to defend himself, one story, maybe from when you were growing up or just something that, something fun and embarrassing. Something fun and embarrassing. Um, when I was little, okay, so it's less embarrassing for Jonathan. It's just embarrassing for me. We were out and about at uh, like this park with my parents. I honestly can't remember how old I was. I was probably like, no, actually, I'll know this because it was like grade two. I think I was grade two, so whatever age that would be. Um, out and about at this park. Well beyond an age where I should be shitting my pants. <laughs> Um, I was anyway, we were happy. Yeah, that was last week. Um, I was out of this park with our family. We're running around. We're having such a good time. Jonathan and I would always find big six and have like sword fights and stuff out in the park. And and uh, it was it was <laughs> not the way you would do it. I'm Scottish. We would you know sword fights. Uh, anyway, so we would be out having fun. I didn't want to. I had to go to the bathroom, but I didn't want to stop. I was having so much fun. Then all of a sudden, you know, when there's that moment where you're like, oh no, my body's telling me I have to do this now. Yes. So I was like, oh god. And then I look around, and way across the park, there's an outhouse. And so I'm awkwardly doing the whole, like, running, but trying to clench and not embarrass myself. And I get over there, and I didn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. So I shit in my underwear, but I was so afraid that if I didn't 
take my underwear home, my mom would find out when she goes through my laundry that my underwear is not there and that she would be very mad at me. And I remember th- having this contemplation, like, do I just throw it in the garbage can or I didn't? How do you explain the missing underwear? Exactly. Even though, do I really think my mom counts my 50 pairs of underwear or whatever I I mean, had? it's a lose-lose. Yeah. You either turn over the poopy <laughs> underwear yeah. or you have to say, I don't know what happened to my underwear and that doesn't decide No, I was not. I, this is how I've always been. I was, too, I was too innocent and honest. And so I didn't want to throw it away. And so I... You know, shook out the big stuff, <laughs> wrapped it, wrapped it in toilet paper. <laughs> the big stuff. Yeah. <laughs> wrapped it in toilet paper, and I had cargo pants on. Linda, you're still married. Yeah. You can't run away. No, you're stuck with me. You are stuck with me now. It's only happened one or more time. It's in the vows, right? In yeah. shit pants and in yeah. clean pants. So I wrapped it in toilet paper. I was wearing cargo pants. So I had all these pockets in my pants, and I put it in one of the pockets. And so we had you a had station cargo. wagon. Yeah, we had a station wagon, uh, and so we all crammed into the station wagon with the family. And I'm in the middle seat. I can remember JD on the right, Jonathan on the left, me in the middle seat, mom and dad up front. Dad's driving. And as we're in the car, I'm just sitting there, like all nervous, like staring forward, like we're ready. The family's ready to leave. And while we're in the car, Jonathan is like, what is that smell? And I'm like, it's nothing. And Jonathan would not let it go. He's like, no, there's a smell. What is that? Did someone step in like, what, poop or something like that? And he kept going, I'm like, shut up. Nothing. And everyone, my mom and dad, I'm sure my parents could smell it and they knew something was wrong, but they're not trying to embarrass their child. So he kept going on and would let it go. And then Jonathan's like smelling around and trying to figure out where it's coming from. And then he realizes I have a bulge in this um, oh, cargo no. pocket. And he's like, is it coming? What's in your pocket? I'm like, it's nothing. And he kept at him. And finally he's like, it's coming from your pocket. What? It's a poop smell coming. And I'm like, shut up. I'm like, and I tried to give him an excuse. And I said, no, Mr. Abbott. Our teacher at the time. I'm like, uh, I, I, I answered the quiz questions and Mr. Abbott gave me a prize. And at the time, there was some toy that was like a stink bomb kind of thing. Sure. I can't remember what it was. It was like a little thinking. animal. That was real, that I was, was like, no, I got a stink thing from Mr. Abbott and it was a, a prize for being a good student. And Jonathan still wasn't letting go the whole ride. My mom was like, okay, okay, it's fine. Good for you with the quiz and winning the prize. And of course, she's going to get the poopy underwear in the, in the laundry. And I was fully embarrassed. So, Poopity Brothers. I, I, I resubmit you to Brothers. Poopity Brothers it is. <laughs> and because you're twins, like you don't shit your pants and Jonathan doesn't feel it. Okay. In his pants? I hope not. I mean, it's a different thing when he climaxes. You don't but, have some uh, weird twin. <laughs> <laughs> Which he's doing crying at night. Yeah, yeah. so I'm always really... You know, know why I'm very positive and happy? Thank you, Jonathan. Um, no, there, I remember there's another time, uh, and these are all more stories than you ever thought you'd get from me. We were... This was younger, and we had um, a friend of ours... So, JD is two years older than us, and one of JD's friend's older sisters, who, you know, when you're a kid, and she was like the cute older girl we're always like oh she's so pretty one always looked cool in front of her and looked good and this is still when we're really young but uh, she was babysitting us and John and I both had to go number two at the same time of course we did and so we're young enough that you know we didn't care we're in the the bathroom at the same time and we're literally trading on and off the toilets so our our pants are on the ankles and I'm on the toilet and Jonathan's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. Let's trade. And I'm like, hold on. And so then we switch, and then he goes on. And we, we traded back and forth, I think, like twice. And we're like slowly standing there with our underwear and pants on the ground next to each other. And literally, like, I think we're like five years old or four years or whatever. And then Jonathan goes on the toilet, and he was being a total jerk. 
and he wouldn't get back off. And I'm like, I really have to go. And he's like, no, I'm busy. And he's just sitting there and just like staring and smiling into the sky. Being a total asshole brother. And then I ended up shitting on the floor. Okay. Th- so and then the cute girl comes in and I was all embarrassed. There's a lot to unpack in this story. Number one, I didn't know that uh, shitting takes place in rounds. It does when you're a twin. Are you like tag teaming? It does when you're in a house with one bathroom and you're uh, a twin. Yeah. And you're both too tall to occupy, to like to both just sit on a different hemisphere of the toilet. No, we were, that's just gross and wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but shitting on the floor is totally fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Dogs, dogs do it all the time, come on. <laughs> Do- dogs do it all the time. So what do you say when the older, uh, when the older babysitter comes in? I was fully embarrassed. Sure. And I, she made me clean up my own poop. <laughs> is that demeaning or, or what? Thanks a lot, Jonathan. <laughs> At least you didn't like rub your nose in it and go bad. I, I really should have been telling stories to embarrass Jonathan since he wasn't here. But yeah, that was very kind of you. And I want to tell you that I appreciate that about you. It says a lot about your character that you were willing to take the shit bullet and not not throw your bu- your brother under the bus because I'm sure he has some of those stories too. He might be doing it right now. He probably is. Yeah. And yeah. that was very kind of you. You're a kind. You're a Thank kind you. man. There, he's holding me there, Linda. Yeah, we're holding each other but uh, I held you tighter when you were talking about shitting on the floor is that weird <laughs> um, but I just I just want to say that I do so much appreciate our friendship and, and you you and your brother and Linda are t- some of the kindest people that I know and, and just as people it makes me so happy because I'm I'm such a fan of what you do and it's always better when you find out that the people that you're a fan of turn out to be even cooler than you think than what you you know oh, you think they are thanks buddy right back at you that's why we we have such good times when we hang out with you and Lydia and I think that's exactly what we're saying. When you have a certain energy that you give off, you bring those same people into the fold. And so, and I want to be an honorary property brother. You And you are. I, hey, I already told you, with what you do with these houses and how <laughs> unique the designs are, you are definitely the property brother from another mother. Maybe we should... I feel like there's a show somewhere where... If you ever thought about doing a show where you... It'd probably be difficult to do on a large scale, which is probably why you don't do it, but creating um, like... You know, a fantasy realm in a house, or like a, like like doing like ones that are a little more set design. You have no idea. Linda and I have been talking about this, and Jonathan as well. We've been talking about this for a long time. So the Brady Bunch house we're renovating right now. That's right. We talked about that. And this yeah. is the same sort of thing. So it's a themed renovation, right? And so Linda and I have been talking about what are some more themes, whether it's show themed or whether it's something like you're saying, something unique that is a. Uh, almost like an emotional theme right it can be a character theme like there's so many things that you could do so we are actually in the midst of, of creating a pitch for that and uh, I mean we have a great relationship with HGTV and Discovery as a whole Discovery is the, the parent of HGTV right. and so we, we love pitching ideas like that and they love unique ideas that's why the Brady Bunch it's going to do really well because this is an iconic home that most people know of or have watched since they were a kid so we should talk more. If there's a realm that you've wanted to renovate or put into a house. Oh, my gosh. I mean, your, your house, the, the, when you do renovations, like when we're down in the, in the, the log cabin yeah, kind of feel, and then you have something that's more of like, and all the pieces that you have throughout. So some, there's stuff that has like a Star Wars feel or... or uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's sometimes, I think if you listen, a house will tell you what it wants. Yeah. I mean, I know that's all made up because it's just coming from what I want, but... but <laughs> You know, like the house, like when I put the log cabin room in, there was this great stone fireplace. Yeah. But the rest of it was just like this popcorn drywall. And it's like, no, this fucking, this stone fireplace wants 
logs on the wall. Oh, I hear you. And totally. so, you know, like that's that's what we. No, that's house, what we house did. BC. Honestly, that's the same. When Jonathan and I walk into a house, I can tell you within five minutes what I would do to a home, and it depends on what the project is. If this is something that we're doing as a flip property, I'm looking to maximize the value and impress. And I want to make sure that I'm making an impression on the most buyers possible. If it's a home for a family, a specific family client of ours, well, I want to make them feel at home. I want to put their personality into it, and I want and you know if they're shopping for a character home, like a historic home. What is this house saying that it needs? What does it need to get rid of? So I hear you, and I have many voices in my head. Well, there, <laughs> there was a show, there was a there was a Netflix home renovation show on Netflix called Amazing Interiors, and it was basically this idea that someone was like, "Oh, I'm a big hockey fan, so I turned my backyard into a hockey rink," you know. But it, it's it, it it's so it moved so fast and it wasn't hosted, yeah. so it was fun to sort. But it didn't really give you the process. Yeah, and I feel like that's what I you know like that's that's kind of what I want to see. Yeah, I, and we would want to do something that feels less gimmicky and more. It's the same the same way when you listen to a song that you really love, it evokes emotion in you. Yeah, when you watch a movie that that is stunning or a series that you really love, it pulls you in and evokes emotion. I, I like to do designs. Uh, Jonathan and I both like to do designs that evoke emotion in people, makes people feel at home, sure. or, or gives them something nostalgic that they love. And last question: Why do people paint over window uh, jams so that you can't? So, like when you go into a new place, like who oh. the fuck would paint? Why would you paint over this? Why would you paint over the latch? On a window. What? What is that? Oh my gosh! It drives me insane. I mean, obviously people are not using the window, um, but when you see it's it's been seen that way. I cannot stand when you have hardware um, hinges or or handles on a door or switch plates. This is my paint over. Paint over. I hate it. I I hate a painted pitch uh, switch plate like uh, receptacles and uh, and same on the window. So whenever I see that, I go in and we've had some like my house has uh, the original hardware yep. for the windows and everything. So we actually take, took them off, um, refinished them, and then put them back on. So now they're bright and they shine the way they were when they're brand new. It drives me nuts. I thought you were going to say, why do people paint over wood trim, original wood trim? Oh, my God. Yeah, we had to do that in our other house because we had to faux the wood. Like, there was so much wood in, our, in, our, in the house that we live in. And a, a, couple, a couple lived there for, like, 50 years. Yeah. And I think they did a lot of... You know, not to be disparaging, but what I call old people stuff, which is what's the easiest to maintain. Yeah. We're going to put linoleum tile down over this this you know handcrafted Mexican tile and the, or this handcrafted Spanish tile, and then we're going to just paint everything white because yeah. it's the easiest to maintain. And yeah, it's heart it's heartbreaking. You're like that, but it was also some of it was also the style in the in the fifties through the seventies and eighties. Yeah. They didn't as much appreciate the the older classic homes because they just thought, oh, that's old and shitty. So they just yeah. modernized. Well, that's the one thing. I, Jonathan and I always have debates about this. And, and I am not against painting original uh, trim in a, in a house. But with me saying that, I'm also not for doing it um, with certain purposes. So depending on what the house is. So there are houses, for example, people have uh, wood trim throughout um, a home that was built in the 60s or 70s. But what, what's the aesthetic that you're going for? If you're restoring a home to a certain look, don't paint over it because you shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, it won't work with what you're going for. But for certain people who have a more modern aesthetic with what they're doing, um, you know, if you have a ton of wood tones and it's wood on wood on wood, well, that's not going to give you the feel that you want. Um, so I'm not against it. And what do you think is under new, underneath brand new baseboards? It's wood or it's MDF. Right. But, uh, but still, it, so... I think there's there's a time to do it with a certain design aesthetic, and if you're trying to restore a certain look, then don't do it. Just remember, if you want a house that has certain old character, 
but you still want a certain modern aesthetic, there's a balance. If you just keep everything that's old, your house is just going to look old. Right. And there, there's good old and there's bad old, so make sure that it's that proper balance of the good key features that are going to yeah. make it pop. And God forbid, don't buy an old, don't buy a cla- an old house, like a Spanish house or a Victorian house or a Mediterranean or anything, and then make it super modern inside like that's yeah. not the house it doesn't that you want work then. don't do that to that house no, and that's Please why don't do if that that's what that you house. want then go get that big uh then go glass get the block. cube yeah, yeah go get the cubes that are going to look dated in 10 or 15 no. years i mean we added for our house in la uh the hancock park house we did change a lot on the inside because there was no modern function um i had to walk through the bathroom through the laundry room to get to the kitchen yeah, that's just stupid. Yeah, and so we changed things so I have an open flow from front to back. But we everywhere we could, we kept original features like the banister or the front door or these beautiful pocket doors that lead into my office. But instead of just keeping them with the, at a low height, so mm-hmm. I mean I'm six foot four, my shoes I'm you know six five or so. I almost had to duck; it was so low. Yeah. So I, I bumped up all the doors a foot. We added some more material on the bottom of the doors, but when we refinished them, you can't even see the seams. So I have the same original doors with a little bit of that add-on, and now I have full height walking through to each space. Yeah, and that and, and and there there is a way to honor the period of a house, exactly. and still, because especially houses that were built in the twenties, which is really old for Los Angeles, um, you know. It, in the old days, people didn't have a lot of clothes, so there's not a lot of closet space, no. and the sinks are small, and the, and the bathroom mirrors can be very small, and so, but there is a way, because we had to redo a bathroom, but we used period tile, and we saved the original shower door, and we did everything so that it, we didn't, we, we made, we, we put, the, like you were sort of saying, like modern conveniences yeah. in, but within the period, like, tr- you know. At least try to honor the period. You got to honor the period, and just keeping everything old doesn't honor the period. Like, don't keep what is bad. There are certain things in old construction that was just bad. I the, the thing is, they didn't think function, uh, or at least at that time, they functioned differently than how we like to function in a house nowadays. Right. So keep the character. Get rid of the the non character. Add some modern functionality, and modern functionality doesn't mean modern touches like the glass cube. It just means right. how you would function, a family would function in the home nowadays. Wait, who who put this poop on the floor? Uh, <laughs> gotta go time to go gotta take like your flight uh, oh yeah you're gonna take this on the flight home with you no that's my gift to you was this quiz poop this this is historic <laughs> Shit. I, I had an old chocolate bar two hours ago will you so. sign it for me I can sell it on eBay someone would buy this yeah exactly someone would buy this thank you so much for being here yeah, buddy. and wherever you are Jonathan goodbye and Linda thank you for being here and Annalie is there back there too yes yes uh, yes Hi. <laughs> Always fun hanging out. Enjoy your re- enjoy your renovation. Enjoy your burrito. Enjoy your restoration. And uh, just be fucking happy. God damn it. And try pooping on the bathroom floor just once. Don't do that. I, well, I actually, if you could please just do me a favor and just recreate that in one episode. Oh my gosh. HGTV would never catch it. They trust you. This is where you need to start abusing the power that you have. I'm going to tell you a few things that I've done. This maybe you can put it earlier since I keep, you keep ending and I keep going. Jonathan and I have snuck a few things into the show. For example. Exclusive. There was a statue in the basement of a house we were touring. And it was a giant moose. Like giant. It was like bigger than me. And it was a statue that was staring there and it had its arms up to its side. Okay. And it was making like these little fists. 
And so Jonathan and I just casually in a conversation with the homeowners like, oh my God, look at those moose knuckles. <laughs> Amazing. Did that make it in the show? It made it in the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but so look out. We put little nuggets in there for you guys every now and then to find. <laughs> Someone's going to make a list of like... The time you said moose knuckle, the time you did this, the time you did that. When we stop, I'll tell you the rest. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. ID Tanty scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.